today about look what the Lord has done. Before I do that, I want to bring you right up to a current testimony. I felt like I needed to share this. You know, testimonies are to encourage us. You know, maybe you're going through something, you need to hear a testimony. And this isn't exactly my testimony, although I was kind of involved. But, you know, this is Dave Lauk's testimony. Um, about last, I don't know, Thursday, let's say, Dave uh, felt he can feel in his leg when he's got a problem. And so he said, I felt my leg starting to bother me. And I knew I had a problem. So he called the doctor and they said, you need to go down to Fostoria Hospital. And they went down to Fostoria Hospital and they checked him and they said, well, you need to go to Toledo. They couldn't find a pulse in his leg, in his good leg. And so they sent him right up to Toledo and, and they weren't able to, to find pulse in his leg. And so I think we, did we go up on Friday? Is that about the day we went? Okay. Um, so we went up on Friday and, you know, we walked in. It was in the morning. And Dave, now, you know, there's nothing wrong with being upset. Okay. Now, if they tell me that I don't have a pulse in my only good leg, I'm going to be upset. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with being upset. I mean, you know, Dave was upset. And, uh, you know, but Dave, you know, he's, you know, trust. He said, you know, I'm going to trust the Lord. I said, well, Dave, you know. The doctors are saying there's no pulse. Now, in, at 3 o'clock, they're going to go down in there with some medicine, and they're going to try to blast this thing or do something. I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what they're doing. But they're going to go down in there, and if they can't find a pulse, then they also might decide to take off part of his foot. Okay? So, then, you know, that's kind of the options out there. So, you know, we, we shared a little bit. And I said, well, Dave, you know, you know, we just got to keep trusting the Lord. And, you know, for a lot of us, that's where we are a lot of times. We just got to keep trusting the Lord. Nothing wrong with that. You know, that's just where you're at. You got to keep trusting the Lord. So so we prayed. We prayed that, you know, Dave would get flow to his leg. So we left the room, went down. We saw Kathy coming into the hospital, talked to her a little bit. She went up to the room. She's in there talking to Dave. And uh, he didn't say nothing. And uh, pretty soon the nurse comes in and she mentions the fact that, uh, well, it's good that they found this pulse in your leg. And Cass says, what? Oh, yeah, well, the doctor was in. Yeah, the doctor was in, and he found a pulse in his leg. And that was between that was between us leaving the floor, coming back, and Kathy getting up there, which couldn't have been much time. The doctor came in and s- said he had a pulse in his leg. Now, those are big things, folks. You know, you just keep trusting the Lord. I mean, Dave, you know, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. I mean, we all kind of walk through him with this. But, you know, keep trusting the Lord. God is faithful. And I think sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, maybe we don't, well, I know we don't have as much faith as we should. And so it's almost scary to get hopeful. It's almost, if we're not careful, it's almost scary to get hopeful. Well, you know, we got to stay hopeful. We have a living hope. You know, we have a living hope. We keep looking to the Lord. We keep trusting him. So I just encourage you, whatever you're going through. Um, it was encouraging Lois. Lois, the war came in today and she says, you know, I feel normal. Well, you know, you know what that's you know what that means sometimes? Don't you sometimes wish, oh, I feel normal? <laughs> you know. And that's that's a real blessing. So we continue to look to the Lord and trust him. Next week we're gonna have a, a testimony. We're gonna have someone come and share a testimony. So I would encourage you to to be here next week for that testimony too. Um, I want to just look back a little bit and just, just share with you just some uh, 
some of my observations, uh, some some things that that have happened over the the last years. Um, we've now met almost three years together, um, and you know, I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't know exactly how to express it because it's all because of your support and what every individual does that God can use us. And, you know, it's everybody. It's it's people that give, people that pray, people that work. You know, it takes a lot of individuals. It's not just, you know, a person. You know, it's a body. It's, you know, the Bible says it's the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Everybody together, together, bringing it, coming together. And so as I share about what the things have done, know that we all, we all are part of that. Um, it was interesting. I went back and looked at some, and I'm not a big person to go back and look at statistics. I'm not sure how much value is in that, but I'm going to share some anyway. But it's, sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's worthless information. But um, we hand out get, uh, guest cards to people when they come to church. Not everybody takes one. Not everybody fills one out. That's fine. You know, but some people do. Over three years, almost three years, 94 people filled out a guest card. Actually filled one out, 94 people. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of think, oh, wow, that's quite a few people. That's quite a few people. Well, I went back this year. Well, here's, the, here's the good news. The good news is out of our visitors this year, this year, 25 have started coming to church here. 25 people in this, this year. People who have started coming. So, so that's good. Now, why is that good? Well, it's good for all kinds of reasons. I hope it's good for them. It's good for us. Here's the reality, folks. I didn't add up. I didn't, I didn't go back and count. But, you know, I did a lot of funerals from people in this church. I mean, older people get old and pass on. And if you don't keep having new people, it's a problem. I'm just telling you. So it's always good to have new people. You got to have it. If you don't have it, you're going to die. I always used to say, and I still say, you need to add 10% every year just to keep up. You know, just to keep up. Because some people leave for various reasons. People die. You got to add about 10% every year just to stay even. Now, it's not about staying even. It's about the kingdom. It's about people coming into the kingdom. But the reality is, for a church, if you don't have people coming in and adding and new people, Guess what? You're not going to be a church very long because I see a whole bunches and bunches of churches and talk to a lot of pastors who say, well, you know, we're down to about 20. And you know what the next phrase is? We have no kids. And I want to tell you something. When you're down to 20 and have no kids, your chances of getting kids is pretty slim. If I bring my family to church and I've got kids and I come to your church and you've got 20 old people sitting there, I'm looking at that and going, there's nothing here for my kids. That's just a fact. Just a fact. So it's important. It's important. It's important to have young people and children. We have to keep, have to keep growing if you want a church to grow. You know, now, the church will always grow. You know, churches as individual groups come and go. You know, God's church is going to go on forever until Jesus comes back. But individual churches come and go. They come and go. Um, financially, you know, God has blessed us. And, you know, when I say God has blessed us, that's because we have people who give. Now, guess what? 
You're not going to you're not going to make it financially if people don't give. That's another fact. You know, I don't talk about giving much. I don't I don't stress it much. I believe God's people just give. Now, probably a sad point is I don't teach it and I probably should more. Um, that's a, probably a fault of mine. But, um, you know, it's because people faithfully give. They tithe, they give their offerings, and it takes that to have the finances to do what we do. It takes, it takes money. God has blessed us. Um, we, have, we have money available. We have saved money. If something would happen to come up, we're not aggressively looking for a place or another place to go. People say, well, you, I, don't, I really don't know. I don't know. We're here. We're here for now. If God shows us something else, then we'll take that step and pray about it at that time. But we're here for now. Saying all of that, we have money set aside that if something comes up, we can do it. We can do it. We can, we can make a decision. We can, we can go forward and not say, well, where's the money going to come from? And I think that's important. Churches, I don't think churches should save money just to save it. You know, but I think just like individuals, we should be responsible. And as God has blessed us, I think we've set some aside. Um, maybe the day would come when we say, you know what? Maybe we ought to spend some of that. Or maybe a need would come up. Maybe something would come up. I've always had the thought, wouldn't it be something if another church was building? We say, you know what? Let's just give them some of that. I mean, you know, God set it aside, so it's his. It's his. And I'm not saying that could happen. But we have to be open to that. It's not ours. It's not ours, but God has blessed us, and so we have that possibility. Um, I have no idea. We've we've looked at things over the last couple of years, and you look at well, but nothing nothing's been enough that I felt like I could come to you and say, "Hey, here's something we ought to think about." It's been like, well, that was a thought. No, that wasn't a thought. That was my thought, maybe. So so anyway, um, that's where that's at, and uh, you know, we'll see. Um, we support. And I, I'm going to talk about the people we support as a group. Um, we support various missions. Um, we support a man by the name of Paul I. Paul says he wants to come and see us next summer, but Paul has lots of places he wants to go, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that means for sure, but maybe he will, maybe he won't. But Paul was uh, Vietnamese. Um, he was uh, head of the Assembly of God in Vietnam when Vietnam fell. And he was getting on a boat to leave Vietnam with a lot of refugees, and God told him to stay. And he stayed and ended up in prison for at least seven years in and out of prison. Think about that. God said stay, and he ends up in prison. You want God to tell you to do something? You know, here's the point. Sometimes God tells us things isn't always what we want to hear. You know, I don't know that, it, you know, hey, stay here. And he stays and he ends up in prison. But Paul always tells the story. He says, every prison I went to, he says, and he, his words were, everybody gets saved and then they move me to another prison. And he said that was God because he says, I had, the, had people got saved there. I just went to another prison, you know, and spread the gospel. So anyway, Paul now travels all over uh, Asia. He goes to Cambodia, Vietnam, Malaysia. He's been, he's been forbidden to go back to Vietnam for several years, but recently he's been able to go back into his country and see his mother. He used to sneak in to see his mother. He, didn't, he went back, but he snuck in. Um, but now I think he can get in legally. But anyway, um, Paul is probably such a unique individual. 
I personally think he's an apostle. I mean, he calls himself an apostle, but you know, calling you, you can call yourself anything. You know, you can call yourself whatever you want. But Paul does the work of an apostle. He plants churches. He goes back and he calls on them, see how they're doing. And he's got churches all over the world that he goes and sees. I know, I never seen, I've never seen anybody with the energy he has. He's got tremendous energy. Paul says, we got to work now because we get a lot of time to rest in heaven. So think about that. Okay, so we support Paul. Um, we support John Trestle. You, John Trestle's been here a uh, couple, two or three times. And we support John and his work in, in France. He's a pastor in France. And now he has a lot of oversight over other church organizations and connections in the whole st- uh, country of France. Um, we support Lincoln Peters at his campus outreach in Bowling Green State University. Um, he's involved in a ministry of just reaching students one-on-one. It's kind of a, it's unique. I think it's unique. He doesn't have a, he's not a part of a, he's part of a group, but he's not part of a church. People don't go to church. He just meets kids on campus and starts building relationships, getting into Bible studies, uh, discipling them. Um, the Pregnancy Center in Bowling Green, uh, we support them. We've supported them for years. Um, they continue to reach out to mainly students on campus, girls who are pregnant and uh, maybe wanting to abort their babies. Roger told me this morning that uh, they, I don't know if it was last year, I think it was last year, but uh, 15 babies that they know of were saved from abortion. That's 15 they know of. So so they continue to do a great work. Um, we go to the Sharing Kitchen in Faustoria. We support them quarterly. And uh, not only do we go, but we financially support them. And uh, she just does a great work, simple work. She just feeds people and shares God's love with them. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, she just does what she believes God's called her to. Um, Phyllis is in her 80s, you know, still going, still going. So there you go. Um, we support God's Storehouse, which is a ministry out of Bradner that helps with food and utilities for people in the Bradner area needs. Um, Salvation Army. Um, I've been the, I don't know what they call me. I'm not sure. Unit Super. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> Something. I'm, I'm, I, I got Wayne Bradner, Rising Sun, and West Millgrove. And uh, the Salvation Army gives us a budget. And we get to help people with their shutoffs throughout the year. If they have a shutoff notice. We help people with, with utilities. And that's that's just been a real blessing. Um, and, and we've started doing the uh, Ring of the Bell. And I think Mary said we did... T- $2,200 this year, which was great. Um, since Bob Carpenter has been coming here, um, you probably know who Bob is, maybe. Um, but anyway, Bob uh, has this contact with these missions in Kentucky, and we've gone down to Kentucky and supported Connie Boggs at Living Waters with food, clothes twice a year. And last year we went in the summer and did a work project. The year before we put a roof on our mission. I'm not sure what we're going to do this year. I haven't really talked about that yet. Um, but we support her and also the Laurel Mission. That's where the youth went last year and did a work project. And we, the two golf carts went to those two missions. Um, and, of course, Operation Christmas Child, we just got done with that. And uh, we did 49 boxes this, this year. Um, our youth, um, youth do various things. They do a conference in, at Canton Ohio, Love is Red. And the youth also went on the mission trip. They do a fall retreat. Plus, we have, and if you didn't know this, we have two youth groups. One meets on Wednesday night with us at Wayne Methodist Church. And also, we have a youth group that meets on Thursdays at, uh, with Diana 
uh, Seidel at Paula Seidel's house right over here. And so um, we do that and outreach to children, youth. Um, you know, we, we try to f focus on outreach. And one of the things, let me just say on a personal level, I'm not saying buildings are bad or buildings are wrong or but whatever. But here's what I notice. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying buildings take a lot of time. Church buildings, okay? I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying they take, it's a fact, they take a lot of time, a lot of money. One of the things that we've been able to do since we don't have that is we've been able to have finances to use in other ways, you know, in the community for outreach. So that's kind of a blessing. So it's, you, you know, you kind of have to shift your thinking sometimes. Not that one's right or one's wrong. You just got to shift your thinking, okay? So we've done, uh, you know, the Bible school at Wayne Park. Um, Wednesdays, we meet at the Methodist Church, and we take a van out to pick up kids on Wednesday. Two vans on Wednesday. Thursday, we take a van to pick up youth to go to the Bible study. Um, we do a fall party. Um, this year, we worked on a gazebo in, in Wayne at the park. We put a uh, railing around it and painted that. Um, one of the things that's been a real blessing for me, I guess, you know, for me, I don't know about I feel for me, is uh, this is the first year in all the years we've reached out to children. The first time we've been able to pick them up and bring them on Sunday morning. First time. That's amazing. Amazing. I, I you know, part of me says, why did it take so long? Because, you know, before, nobody get up. You know, and, you know, let me say this, folks, just maybe for somebody's information down the road, maybe. On Sunday morning, here's what happens. We go pick up children, okay? Some of them are ready to go. Some of them, I knock on the door, the dog barks, they wake the kids up, and they come on the van. They sleep in their clothes. Got to think about that, see? Got to think about it. I never, I never thought about that. You know, that's why it's hard to get them on Sunday because, you know, nobody gets them up, nobody dresses them, nobody gets them ready, nobody will come, you know? They sleep in their clothes. I knock on the door. The dog barks. Yep, they're coming. We're not sure how many. Wow. But it's it's good. It's good. It's good. You know, it's it's opportunities to make a difference. If we don't make a difference, if the church doesn't make a difference, I don't know who's gonna. You know, so so that's that's been a real blessing. Um let me just share a couple thoughts quick. Number one. In Matthew, the 28th chapter, the 18th verse, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now, and I'm going to add this. Now you go. He didn't. He said, go, therefore. But it's now you go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, they say you should always have a vision statement, and I don't think we do. Do we have a vision statement, Joe? Do you know about any vision? No, I don't know of any. I didn't think we'd. Do we have one? No. Well, we're not sure. <laughs> so you can see how important it is. No, we probably should, but I, well, I've, I've got a thought. Here's the thought. Here's the first part of our vision is make disciples. Make disciples, just like Jesus said. Make disciples. What does that mean? Well, to make a disciple, first of all, you've got to get them to decide that they want to be a disciple, and so they got to decide. Well, that decision means I'm a sinner, I repent, I accept Jesus, I'm born again. That's the first decision. Okay, you can't make a disciple out of somebody that's not born again. 
So when you say make a disciple, it's inferred that they got to be born again. And then they need to be filled with the Spirit. You know, we're not asked to do this on our own, in our own strength. We need to be filled with the Spirit. So when we make disciples, all these things are a part of that. And then we teach, we teach, we train. Well, that takes time. That takes walking beside somebody. That takes, you know, doing it together. That takes being in a church, being a part of something. You got to train and teach. And so our first part of our vision is make disciples. You know, that's, that's what we should do. The second part is we need to serve. I'm going to read, and I, I was going to cut this scripture down and piece it all out, but I made a decision that I'm going to read the whole thing. It's Matthew, the 25th chapter, the 35th ver- 31st verse. It starts there. And as Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. And all the nations are going to be gathered before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come now, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And he says, when, you, when did we see you stranger and did you come in and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when do we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brother, you did it to me. One of the least of these, my brother, you did it to me. And then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, because I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Well, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister you? And he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So we become disciples and then we serve. We serve. And we do it to the least. To the least. Not the one we think we're going to get something back from. Not to the one that we deem worthy. Not to the one that that maybe, you know, and and let me just say this as a church, not to the one that's going to put a lot of money in the offering. Because I've been around long enough to watch preachers cater to people they thought had money. I don't think you get any blessing for that. That's my opinion. Because it says, as you've done it unto the least of these, my brother. The least. So we just throw all that out. I'm not saying we don't reach out to people that maybe have, you know, some, they, they, not, not that we reach out to them because they have finances or something, but because they have a big need just like the person that doesn't have anything. So, you know, it's, but, but I've seen that. But we do it as unto the least of these, my brother. We serve. So I thought a neat vision statement would be we make disciples and we serve others. That's pretty simple.
Well, that just kind of puts it all together. You know, this is what we do. This is what we do. I believe it's what we've done. I pray as we go into the future, we keep seeing opportunities the Lord will give us to reach out to others. I don't think we've touched the possibilities. And, not, and that's not to say about all the individuals. You know, well, I'm, I'm talking about as a church. But I'm telling you, there are individuals that do these things. There are individuals that go to prison and visit people. There are individuals that visit strangers and give food. And, and, and that's a part of the body of Christ. And, you know, I, I, I hear bits and pieces. I know what people do. And I hear things once in a while. Keep on doing it. And I encourage each one of us to think about where we have opportunity. Where we have opportunity as individuals to reach out to somebody. To reach out to them. Serve them. Serve them. Serve them. To the least. You know, don't look for, you know, it's the least. So just keep looking for opportunities. So the Lord would continue to use us. You know, that we would seek him. We would know what he wants us to do. Um, Don't know what, you know, the future is always the future. Um, the Israelites, they moved when they saw the cloud move. You know, and I think that's kind of how it is. You know, you move and do what God says as you see it happen. And I don't know that he tells you, well, here, here's what's going to happen a year from now. I don't, he, normally he don't tell me that, okay? I'm not saying he couldn't, but normally that's not it. I don't get that far ahead. You know, he gives us, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. So I just pray as we continue to look to the future that we're willing to do what it is he asks us to do and to be able to hear him because hearing him is going to be different than what we hear from the world. Okay? I'm not sure, but I'm not sure where the world's headed. Don't look good. So I think that's going to change what the church is of somewhat. You know, I'm not sure how, I don't, but I just, that's just the way I kind of see it. You know, looks like it's headed a funny direction, not a funny direction, but not a good direction. And uh, I don't know what, what that all means for the church. But we just need to be faithful to what God's called to do. And let me say this. The future is usually different than what the past was. Just, just so you know. The future is usually different than the past. We get very comfortable with the past and what's going on. I get comfortable with where things are. I get comfortable with when things are easy and good. And I get comfortable when things are peaceful and quiet. I get pretty comfortable. I'm not sure that's always where God wants us. You know, um, so it's like a little bit like Paul. I, you know, don't get on the boat. Stay back. Well, he went to prison. Ooh, that wasn't what I was. You know, that'd be like, well, no, that wasn't my plan. No, you know, we just trust the Lord to guide us. So let's all stand. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your blessings. We thank you for being with us these past few years. And Lord, we just ask you to help us to be faithful to you. That, Lord, we would hear from you. We would we would do what you want us to do when it's the right time. Lord, just help us to see the opportunities around us to serve, to serve others, to share your love, to share your word. Lord, help us to be faithful to you. We just thank you for the fact that you have the future in your hand. Lord, I thank you that you're in charge. Lord, we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.